podcast the podcast which interviews and celebrates the former players of our great club we've now interviewed 98 former players and managers and got loads more in the pipeline including jamie record brian law kevin foley john paskin and steve ball from all eras to name but a few um, and our podcast can be found on all the usual sites spotify google podcasts apple podcasts acad uh, all of the good providers and all the crap ones too so as part of our Journalist Journal series. We're delighted to be joined today by the Wolves correspondent for The Athletic, Steve Maidley. Steve, how are you, mate? Hello, Jason. You all right, mate? Yes, I'm very, very good, Steve. Thank you for agreeing to this because, obviously, we no want problem. to get the, the voice behind the man. Obviously, the new correspondent for The, for the uh, Athletic, for the Wolves, which means a lot to us fans. So, um, very quickly, I've got to get the big question and the elephant out the room. Who do you support, Steve? Oh, do we have to do that? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, as a, there's a short answer, and then there's a, then there's a longer answer. Yeah. The short answer is uh, is that I'm a Warsaw fan, kind of. Yes. But I I grew up following Warsaw. Um, went to home games for twenty years. Went to away games for a few a few years as well. Sorry so, to yeah, hear that. Like. So yeah, yeah. So, so the short the short answer is I'm a Warsaw fan. Yes. The the longer answer is um, I'm I'm sitting in my conservatory now, and if if a if a Warsaw player these days walked through my back garden, I probably probably wouldn't recognise him because I've been doing this job now for twenty years, and you just kind of or best part of twenty years, and yeah. you just kind of become become immersed in in which, whichever club you're covering, really. So so yeah, I, I'm I'm a, I'm a Warsaw fan, but. I almost feel feel like a bit of a fraud saying that these, these days because I just don't kind of stay on top of what, what's happening at Warsaw. You just kind of focus on the job you're doing and, and the club you're covering at the time, really. Of course. Well, Steve, don't worry. We are going to adopt you as a, as a, as a lifelong Wolves fan now. Listen, it's been a bit of a baptism of five you on Twitter. Um, we won't go too much into that. We, listen, we all know what Twitter's like, but there's a lot of people out there who are very grateful for the job you do. So how did you get into journalism and why in particular are you now at The Athletic? Um, yeah, that's a long story, but I'll try to boil it down to the essentials. Um, always wanted to be a journalist, really, for as long as I can remember. When I was when I was at school, um, I just loved writing. I was always like intrigued by the by the news and especially by sport. Um, when I was at primary school, I actually, I actually entered a competition on BBC News Round, um, and it ended up getting to the final six. I think it was of, of that and going on telly. And if you if, if you look at the um, tape from that from that time which which is hidden away in a vault somewhere um you'll, you'll see that i was never going to make it make it in tv and never really wanted to i was always always wanted to write really and kind of from that point of view i've, I've got a lot to thank the express and star for um yeah. i i went to the express and star when i was at school um did, did some work experience and, and then when i was at college went back and did a load more work experience i used, I used to go every wednesday afternoon for, for a couple of years and Sat with the likes of David David Instone and Martin Swain and Steve Gordos, who was sports editor editor at the yes. time, and just loved it. Just loved the atmosphere of the newsroom and working with, with those people, and they were good to me. Um, I applied for the Express and Star training course when I was when I was eighteen. Um, applied to university as well and got, got kind of got accepted on both, and it was a big big decision then to kind of do I go to uni uh, or do I not go to uni because I've got this this. Kind of coveted place on the Express and Star training course, which I just thought like, in three years' time I could apply again. And I, I might not get on next next time, so so I took that route instead. I, I didn't go, I didn't go to uni. Um, took that job, then I was kind of the Express and Star man and man and boy really. So yeah, that, that, that's how I got into journalism. Um, as for the Athletic, um, I left the Express and Star in 2015. I got um, after doing. God knows how many years there. I think I did, did about seventeen years there on, on yeah. news and sport. Um, I got a job at, at an agency called called Wardles, which is quite a well known agency in in the in the business, yeah. um, covering the whole of the Midlands. So I actually did, I actually did quite a bit of Wolves at that time because it was the time that um, that Nuno's well, it was just I, I was just before Nuno came in, but then Nuno came in and Wolves got, Wolves got promoted yeah. during my time at the, at the Athletic. Um, I did three or four years there. Um, Wardles then basically closed down because because the industry was 
was changing. It kind of relaunched, but in a different form where they didn't they didn't have full time um, people on staff anymore. So I was I kind of found myself out of work and just by maybe not by pure luck, but because I've, I've obviously done something to earn the opportunity. But I just got just got a call one day from. Um, the Athletic um, from a, a contact who I'd worked with um, who I'd done work for when I was at Wardles yep. who was setting up the, the, the team of the Athletic and asked me if I wanted to go and write about West Brom for the Athletic um, which I'll, I'll, be, I'll be honest like I loved I loved covering West Brom for the for the um, the Express and Star. It, yes. was, you know, it was it was it was my kind of big break at, co- at covering a big club if you if if you like. Of course, um, of course. But I'd got, but I'd kind of got no I got no real desire to go back to, to go back and uh, and cover West Brom on yeah. a full time basis. I'd kind of I kind of been there, done that. I, I was I'd loved doing the variety of doing the different all the different clubs when I was at Wardles. But to be honest, but to be honest. I was I was out of work at the time, effectively, just doing a bit of freelance freelance stuff. And yep. the Athletic came along, offered me the offered me the chance to cover a club that I knew really well, um, a club where, where I'd already got contacts, and they offered to pay me, offered to pay me a good sal- good salary, which I hadn't got at the time. So it was a kind of kind of a no brainer, really. Wow. So yeah, that, that's how I, that's how I ended, ended up with the Athletic. But but even if that hadn't been the case, I mean, the Athletic's such a great place to work. They give yes. they give us the they give us the time and the the chance to, to kind of go and do journalism as as you would want to do it. Yeah. Um, you know, we we're not asked to churn out seven or eight pieces a day like like some of the poor guys are who work for the local paper yeah. websites these these days. So yeah, I mean, you can if you're going to cover a club, be it West Brom or, or now Wolves in my, in my case, you couldn't ask for a better people to, to do it for, really. Oh, you know what, exactly that. And obviously Tim Spears was the previous correspondent. He trod your path as well, the Express and Star. Then he went to the Athletic. I mean, did Tim give you any pointers um, to, to, to help you along the way? Uh, Tim's been really good, um, re- really helpful. But he hasn't, in, in fairness, he hasn't really tried to tell me how, how to do the job. Of course. Like Tim, Tim, I think as, as as listeners to the podcast and people who follow him on Twitter and subscribe to Athletic will will know Tim. Tim did very much did the job in his own in his own way. He did, um, and I think I think the worst thing I could do would be to come in and try to copy what Tim did because I, it just it just wouldn't be authentic. Tim Tim did it in Tim in Tim's way. Yeah. So you know, he's been great at kind of give, giving me information and contacts when he can and numbers for people that that, that I need and advice on. Um, issues at Wolves and advice on what might make a, a good read and what football fans would be interested in. But in terms of actually kind of how to approach the job, he's pretty much kind of left me alone to kind of try to um, carve out my own path. Brilliant, brilliant. Well, listen, all this is good to hear. It's also, you know, fantastic that, that we've got you on the podcast today. This podcast uh, really interviews former players and managers. We've got, we've had journalists on, but I, I used well. Normally, I focus on the, the the past, but today I'm going to focus on the present and the present team because obviously, Steve, that's what you're covering. Um, first off, on social media, there's the the journalists such as um, John Percy and Fabrizio Romano who uh, release the transfer stories, and, and likewise at the. Athletic, there's, there's David Ornstein, who I believe is the transfer specialist there. So for you, sometimes you don't get that information as quickly as those guys, do you? David Ornstein and, and the other two guys you just mentioned, but obviously David's the one who's who's on our team. Yes. Um, yeah, he's a, he's a he's a machine he's a machine really in terms yes. in terms of just digging around and having having those contacts and getting those stories. And the rest of the rest of us obviously all do our best, and yeah. hopefully in time. Uh, the longer longer I cover Wolves, the more contacts I'll make, and the more people I'll, I'll get to know, and the more information I'll be able to dig up for myself. But um, I, I mean, for, for instance, the other, the other day, the um, uh, uh, Sasa Kalinic, the, the the guy yes. from Stuttgart, who Wolves who was very interested in, I kind of I kind of seen those rumours quite quite early on on, tw- on Twitter. Um, done my own digging around, um, fin- finally got to um, to stand up the fact that it was true that. The, the, the walls were, were interested in him. Yes, <laughs> rang my uh, rang my desk to, 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 to tell them this was the case, and I, and, all, and I kind of got yeah, yeah. Dave's already told us about that, <laughs> and he and he'd already kind of two thirds written the story. So, which is like that's just testament to David. He, he's just brilliant at what he does, and we're so lucky to, to have him 
uh, on, on our team really. Uh, exactly that. And, and you know what? It, it's important, Steve. Listen, you hear rumours all the time, a lot quicker than us supporters do. And, you know, equally, you don't want to put any fake news out. You don't want to build people's hopes up. You don't want to put half stories out. Listen, Twitter is an absolute rumour mill. So, you, you know, you're only going to act on, on strong stories for obviously the credibility of yourself and the athletic. Yeah, absolutely, and you know you can only you can only um, work with the information you're given, and you try to get as much information as you can from as many different places as you, as you can. But ultimately, that, that information has to, has to be accurate. And for instance, I wrote a piece which people people might have read pretty pretty early on in my Wolves tenure, so to speak, about the, the state of play with tran- with transfers, in which I wrote that Matthias Nunes probably wouldn't be wouldn't be signed by Wolves this uh, yeah. this summer, and I wrote that because that was genuinely the, the, the situation at the time. Of I course. was told that by by several different people who, who were well connected at Wolves because yes. at, the, at the time Wolves didn't expect to expect to sign Matthias Nunes of for course. any number of reasons. What one of which was, I think the, the initial plan was he was only going to come in if Ruben Neves left, which yes. obviously hasn't, hasn't happened. But clearly between then and now, uh, something has changed because here we are sitting here today with Mateus Nunes as a Wolves player, as the, as the record signing, and looking like a bloody good signing. I should, I should, oh, I should add from, from the first two, first two games. So yeah, there we are. That like, yeah, You do your best to provide people with accurate information, and that was... Whether people want to believe it or not, that was accurate at the, t- at the time, but clearly something's changed. Of course. So let, let's look at Wolves' transfer business. I mean, the, the four incoming signings have been Quang, Nathan Collins, uh, Gonzalo Guedes, if that's how you pronounce it, and, and Matthias. I think Nunes. it is, yeah. Now, let's look at Matthias. We've just been spoken about him, Nunes, sorry. So, reportedly, um, the fee is 40.50 million, and I've got this off a website called Transfer Marks, which is usually. Pretty accurate. Signed from Sporting Lisbon. Club record fee. Eight caps for Portugal. Um, 23 years of age. I mean, that is really a, a massive statement of intent, isn't it, Steve? It is. It's, it's a huge coup for Wolves. And let's be honest, it's one that they probably wouldn't have pulled off without the, the George, the, the George Mendes links. Um, but regardless of that, it's a huge coup for Wolves. He's a player who was being watched by the biggest clubs in, in Europe. Yeah. Um, maybe those absolute biggest clubs wouldn't have taken a chance on him this, this summer. They, they probably would have wanted him to have an, another strong season in, in Portugal, yeah. um, to be to be absolutely sure. Wolves have stepped in and kind of got ahead of those clubs. And who knows, if he has a brilliant season, season this year, he might only be at Wolves for one year, two years. But if that's the case, Wolves are going to double, treble, treble their money, money yeah. on him, aren't they? So it's a huge sign-in. It's one of those that Wolves fans should... I think enjoying while he's there because if he's as good as everyone says he is, he probably won't be at Wolves for four or five years. He might be at Wolves for two or three years. Hopefully, but but in those two or three years, they'll, they'll hopefully see some some fantastic performances from him. Well, listen, at Wolves, we're going through a bit of a purple patch with the players we're signing. Yes, it can be a bit frustrating at times, but you know, we, we, we Wolves fans. I'm a Wolves fan. Impatient. Wolves have done their business quietly and patiently and got their man. And you're quite right, he might only be at the club for one or two seasons. Equally, we did think that about Ruben Neves, and he's still here now, X amount of years on. So, you know, I watched him against Spurs. I watched him last night against Preston. You know, not the, the best opposition last night, but his touch, his movement, you know, he thinks so quickly. You know, the ball's come to him. He's got a couple of players around him. He's at a tight angle. It'll pass it, it'll move quickly. I mean, he really does look a, a really, really top player. He does, and he, he ticks the box. One of the big boxes that Wolves wanted to tick this, this summer was that he just gives him a, a bit more mobility in midfield. And, it, and he's a ball carrier, isn't he? Or, or potentially yes. he's, a, he's a ball carrier, which, which for all of their silky skills, kind of Ruben Neves and, and even Jean Martino really are aren't expert ball carriers they're more, of course. They're more yeah they're more pa- they're more passers of the, of the ball on they? they move they progress the ball by passing it whereas Nunes is a, is a handy passer as well but he, he will progress the ball by by traveling with it with it at his feet which is kind of something that Wolves wanted to I think Wolves if they're going to make, make this, this new system work they need to be able to get from A to B a little bit quicker which which doesn't mean lumping it forward to to Raul or whoever else is, is up front by the, by the end of the, the, the transfer window but it does mean being able to 
progress the ball through the midfield a bit quick, a bit quicker, a bit less slowly and patiently than maybe they have done in the past. Yeah, and you're quite right. Listen, Neves, it's not in his game and it doesn't need to be in his game to beat three or four players. It's the same with Joe Martino. You know, they are similar players. And this is why Nunes is so exciting because they seem to have, have brought a different sort of player in, which then brings me on to Goncalo Guedes. Um, 30, a little bit more experienced in... A little bit older, he's 25, 32 caps for Portugal, seven goals. He's played at every age group from under 15 for Portugal. He, he was signed from Valencia for £29.34 million. But he's got a great pedigree as well, Benfica. Then he went to PSG, then Valencia. This is another player which we wasn't expecting this window, Steve. Absolutely. And again, like, like you say, he's got very good pedigree. And I, I, I thought... In, particularly in the first half at Spurs, I thought I thought he looked like Wolves' most threatening player, um, most yeah. threatening att- attacking player. Uh, much like Pedro Neto and Daniel Podence and ev- kind of anyone else who, who really who plays in those kind of areas of the pitch, he would ulti- ultimately be judged won't, won't he, on the on the end product. He's yeah. going to have to deliver goals and assists if, he, if he's going to be really effective for Wolves, which we haven't seen yet. But in fairness to, fairness to the guy, he's, he's only had one one start yeah. in, the, in the Premier League. So, let's be a little bit patient with him and, and hopefully those goals and assists arrive. I mean, people might have, might have read a piece that my, my, my colleague Dermot Corrigan wrote uh, on The Athletic who covers Spanish football for us. And the, the kind of, the, the general theme of that seemed to be that Guedes can be a little or certainly has been in the past a little, little bit guilty of playing in playing in spells. So so he'll have half a dozen games where, where he looks unplayable, and then half a dozen games where, where you won't see much of him. Yes. So there might be times when he frustrates frustrate Wolves fans, but I guess that probably goes for most players who play in those positions. Those those are the positions where defenders close you down quickest, where the final pass is hardest to find. Hardest to find. So I think Wolves fans will have to be patient with him, but he does look. From the evidence we saw at Spurs, where I, th- I thought he was excellent in the first half, a little bit quieter in the second, but Wolves didn't see as much of the board in the second. I thought he, he looked a lot, really, really exciting prospect. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And you know what? Bruno Large, we know he's changed his style, he's changed his formation. Or, will I say, no, he hasn't. He's changed the Wolves' style and formation from, from the back three or five, whichever way you look at it, to, to a back four, which makes us more attacking. And, you know... Once again, these two players, Nunes and Guedes, £70 million. Pound. I mean, it's clearly now. Before, we could have said, look, he's got Nuno's team. But but now, he's he's really looking to, to, to build his own team, isn't he? He is. And that, and that inevitably, unfortunately for him, puts, puts, puts more pressure on him, I think. Yes. Because we all know what the record is. Going back to the end of last season, we don't need to go over that. Um, yeah. In, in, in any great detail, and I'm not sit, I'm not sitting here suggesting that Bruno Lage is he's kind of under pressure for his job because I don't I don't think, I think that's the case at the moment. No, but not at all, not at all. He, but he but he does need a couple of results, doesn't he? Because yes. you know, the longer this run go, goes on, we've uh, I've covered clubs in the past where you kind of look at look, look at the team and you think oh, that, that's a bloody good team, and you know all they need, all the, and they're play, they're playing well, the approach plays good, they're, they're keeping the yeah. ball well, they're getting get into, into into good positions. But football is played so much in, in the head, and the longer that you go on without just getting the result, yeah, the confidence goes, and then all of those, all of those good things that that you think are are right, can quite quickly go go wrong as well, and then yeah. you suddenly end, suddenly end up not winning games, and also not also not playing as well as well as you were. So I just think there's three big games coming up. Coming up on. I'm not suggesting that, that they make or break because. It's a long old season, and of course it is. There'll be other, there'll be other chances to get to get results, but I'm sure Bruno Lodge would would love a couple of wins in these in these next three games because you get a couple of wins, and it just infuses that dressing room with confidence yes. that you know actually, yeah, what, what we're doing are the, are the right things, and kind of we're seeing results from it. Uh, and you know what? I'm glad he played a stronger team last night because the team do need to gel. Look, it's it's so easy to, 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 to become impatient and but these players have got to gel. They haven't been training together for that long. Um you know half of these haven't even had a preseason with Wolves. One player who did have a preseason with Wolves was Nathan Collins. Now luckily I went over to Benny Dorm, not luckily for my uh, liver, but luckily I went over to Benny Dorm and I've, I've got to say he looks an unbelievable player. Had I really paid attention to him last season in, in a relegated Burnley side, no I hadn't. 
the transfer fee 21.87 million according to once again transfer mark signed from Burnley um, it, I mean listen like I said it, it come in as a centre half I've heard reports and that he's that skillful you know he could play in midfield you know he, he's, a, he's an actual ball playing centre half and I just think at, at, at that money it's an absolute snip for him isn't it Steve I think it is. Um, like you, I, I hadn't paid much attention attention to him. Like, I, I, as we touched on, I was covering a team, team in the Championship last season and you kind of watch a load of Championship football and, and kind of just skirt, skirt over, the, over the Premier League to, to a large extent. So I, I, so I hadn't seen much, much of Nathan Collins. But speaking to um, Andy Jones, um, the guy who, who covers Burnley for The Athletic, he was just waxing lyrical about, about Nathan Collins and, and Andy thinks Nathan Collins could really, really go go right to the top of the game if he's, yes. if he's given time yeah. um, and I'm, I'm going to say from, from what we've seen so far in his, in his time at Wolves he, he, looks, he looks mobile he looks yeah. com- he looks confident he looks big and strong in, de- in defence he, he looks comfortable on the ball yeah. I mean I'm sure he'll be just disappointed with, with the goal at Tottenham we, which you have to say was kind of probably 80% down, down to him just yeah. switching off and that's, that's l- losing, l- losing track, track of Harry Kane but if you put that, that, that aside, he, he, he's had a really good start to, to his Wolves career, and he's the kind of mobile ball playing centre half that, that the Wolves probably need, needed if they were going to switch to a back four. But listen, I think he's perfect for it, really. Sixth Republic of Ireland captain, you've probably seen the goal as well. He scored for Ireland. I mean, he, he, he really is. He really is a talent. And listen, yes, he, he wasn't fault at Spurs, but moving forward, he's a young lad. He will learn from their mistakes. Um, and and. Playing against Kilman, it is a young defence. Obviously, Cody's left the defence. We'll talk about that that shortly. Um, giving Kilman the captaincy, once again, I think, well, yesterday, last night especially, was a big move. But I think uh, my point is Bruno has really got a lot of faith in, in Collins and Kilman. Absolutely. And, I mean, you talked about, talk about, about that goal for Ireland. You, you, you put that one, that one together with, with Max Kilman's goal in Benny Dorm. Yes. Two, two, two pretty good goals from centre-half. I'm, I'm not sure... We, which one's the better one, to be honest? Probably, probably Collins, just because it was, it was in a competitive game, I guess. I guess. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's a really exciting young centre-half partnership, isn't it? They're, they're, bo- they're both big, strong, not lightning quick, but quick but quick enough. Yeah. Um, both confident on the ball, both both can bring it out. Both have got clear leadership qualities. But like you say, they're a young centre-half partnership, aren't they? They're, they're going to make mistakes, as we said. As we saw from, from Collins at Tottenham, I'm sure Max Kilman will make a mistake at some, at some point yeah. over, over the course of the course of the season. I Listen. think that's just the tra- that's the trade, isn't it? Isn't it? Wolves in the position position they're currently in, which is a, a big Premier League club, yeah. but not a big six Premier Premier League club. You're not going to get the finished article, are you? If it, if, if they were the finished articles, but they'd be at Man City, they'd be at Liverpool, they'd be at Chelsea, they'd be at be at Arsenal, they'd be at Spurs. Wolves are going to Wolves are going to get players who have got the odd the odd fault the odd mistake in them. Yeah, that, that's just where they are at the moment. Exactly, and you know what? You know, I can't disagree. Um, Kilman, for me, he's come on absolutely leaps and bounds. I mean, he's he's a serious player. And when you make a mistake in midfield, Ruben Neves or or uh, Martinho, you know, you can get away with it. You can get away with missing a chance up front or giving the ball away. When you make a defence, when you make a mistake in defence, and get you will get punished nine times out of ten in the Premier League, you will get punished for the slightest of mistakes. Us supporters and mere mortals can't even recognise, and and that's the level that we're at now. Um, if you look at the fourth signing, or you could technically say the first signing was Huang He Chan, fifteen point nought three million <laughs> from Leipzig. Um, now this is a this is a player forward. He scored five goals in his first year. Got off to a, a flyer in the game against Newcastle. Um, quite frustrating, really. He's turning into a bit of a, a Marmite player amongst the supporters. I still think there's something there. We haven't got the time with our strikers to, you know, give them umpteen amount of games to see if they will um, give us the finishes we need. He's a frustrating player. I mean, last night, Raul giving the penalty. We'll talk about that. Raul giving the, the, the penalty. And I think it was purely to give Huang the confidence. And he missed it. And I did feel for the lad. I mean, what's, what's your thought on his start for the club, Steve? 
Well, this, this is where yourself and Wolves fans are, are, are at an advantage over me because you've obviously seen all seen him play, play for a season, yes. um, which I, which I, I'm, I'm able to do. Yes. Um, I, I heard lots about him from um, friends of mine who, who are Wolves fans, and not much of it was complimentary. If I'm if, I, if I'm honest, yeah. Um, he's he, he just seemed to have um, got Wolves fans offside with the with the way his season t- tailed off a little bit. Yes. At the end of last year, I've got to be honest. I've I've, I've only seen him play. Three times, yeah. um, because he didn't play a massive part in the in the preseason campaign. I thought at Leeds in the first game of the season, bearing in mind he was, I don't, I don't think he would have started had um, had Martino not, not gone down injured the day before the game. He probably didn't, probably wasn't in the, in the physical shape yeah. really to, really to start a game, playing game. But it, but he stepped up and had to st- had to start that game. I thought I thought he did pretty well in that game. I, th- yes. I thought he, you know, in a, in a position. Through the middle, where he hasn't really played a great deal for for, for Wolves, I thought he led the line pretty well. Worked, worked hard, um, uh, linked, linked up play reasonably well. Yes, no, I'd agree. Not, you know, not 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 exceptionally, but but I, th- I thought he did. A, I thought he did a decent job. Um, and then again, last last night, uh, which was the only other time I've seen him start, I, I believe, again against Preston. I thought he did a lot of good things in the, in, in, that, in that first half. He he, car- he carried the ball with um, a, a, a decent amount of pace on the yeah. on, on the left. He, he helped Wolves on several kind of counter attacks. But then, as you say, the the, the penalty was so poor that uh, yeah. If, if, if you know if he has got um, fragile confidence, which let's be honest, you have to have to be a pretty strong character not not to have with with the way. His wall score has gone in, in the last six nine months. Then that penalty is just going to do, do him no good at all, at all is it? So yeah, I, I, it'd be fascinated to, to see where he goes from here. Well, I watched the the, the the penalty. Obviously, I was there last night. I did watch the replay. Uh, Dave, as a party of Talking Wolves, um, put it up. And to be fair to to Huanga, I actually think he'd scored because if you watch it, it, when he hit it, he was almost running to celebrate, and then he almost he, well he realised he missed. It was a poor penalty. And it's it's times like that he needs the confidence because look we don't care how he scores if it hits him on the back of the head if it hits him on his arm if it's a penalty, and and this is the frustrating thing. The the thing is with with strikers and goal scorers and forwards, confidence is a massive part of the game. He scores last night. He scores Sunday. All of a sudden, he could go on a run, and and he he's not really getting the rub of the green. You're quite right. He's very strong at moving forward. He's a strong player. He shrugs off the tackles. He breaks quickly. But once again, it's what we're missing at the club. And, and, and you can see this, Steve. You know, Stevie Wonder can see. We are missing a striker who puts the ball in the net. And, and that is the, the frustrating thing. Yeah, I think just briefly going back to Huang, I think if, if, I'm, being bru- if I'm being brutally honest about, about, about Huang, um, is it, from, from what I've seen of him and from bits that people have told me, is, it, is he a player that, you would want playing regularly in your team if you if you've got aspirations of finishing top seven, top eight, probably not. Yeah. But but is he but in Wolves situation when they're they're aspiring to become a, a regular top half Premier League team but, but doing it on a budget. Yeah. Is is he a player you want in your squad? I would say yes, because he's an international player. He he, he can obviously score goals as he showed at the start of last season. And he can play two or three, two or three different positions, so he's a really handy player to, to have in your oh. squad. You, you probably just don't, don't, don't want him to be the one who's who's your go-to number nine or your go-to left winger or your go-to number number ten. But but he's a handy player to have, have around to fill in 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 that position. Every squad, yeah, we'd all like twenty-two established Premier League starters. But the, the, the reality is, a club working on Wolves budget aren't going to have that, are they? So, so you need you need players. Like Wang, who are going to work hard, not cause you any trouble, and come in and do a half decent job when 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 called upon. Absolutely, um, and, and, sorry, and because I think you asked me another question. After, after oh, sorry, sorry, Steve. Sorry, I've probably got ahead of myself. With with Wang as well, we signed him for fifteen million quid. Listen, he's played a f- quite a few games in the Premier League now. He scored a few goals, albeit not as many as we'd like. But he, even with that input or output, he, you know. He, he, He's going to retain that value anyway, so I don't think we're ever going to lose on him because 15 million is probably the going rate for someone who's played 30 odd Premier League games now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you, you look at look at some of the some of the fees being being smashed out this this summer. 15 million is in Premier League terms is, is nothing, is it? Like you say, as long as long as he keeps playing 
playing semi-regularly for, for Wolves, making matchday squads, coming on, doing okay, scoring the odd goal, which there's no reason to think he can't do that. Yeah. He's still going to be worth £15 million in, in a couple of years' time, isn't he? Oh, 100%. And, and, and I want to you know, personally pay full credit to, to Wang for going to do his military service. Because, you know, in the South Korean army, I bet, I bet that wasn't much fun, to be fair. But, you know, um, massive kudos to him for that. Now, if we look at the outgoings, um, I'll first start on Fabio Silva. Listen, I've been quite vocal on Twitter in the past. I wasn't Fabio Silva's biggest fan purely because of his goal ratio. Listen, I'm eating my words at the minute with what he's doing at Anderlecht. The whole purpose of the loan system, and we've seen it with Morgan Gibbs-White last season on loan at Sheffield United, is it gives them the chance to flourish, gives them the chance to play with a little bit less pressure. Um, it, it, it almost gets the shackles off them. And, and Morgan gives white, listen, we know the loan system works now and we've profited massively from that, which I'll, I'll come on to, to, to gives white. With Silva, he's now at Anderlecht. He, you know, I've, I've seen the goals he scored. Um, different types of goals, one with his head, one from an acute angle, running onto it, beating players. Um, I think he's got four goals, um, maybe three or four assists too. Please don't uh, uh, cauterise me for, 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 for maybe getting these stats wrong. But my point is, he looks a different player and he looks like he's got so much more confidence in this lone move. I think it was the perfect move for him, wasn't it? That maybe if he'd gone on loan to the Championship, it's quite, it's quite a physical league and... You're almost more in the spotlight in terms in terms of Wolves fans because Wolves fans are probably going to pay more attention to, to the championship. They're going to see it on Sky. They're going to um, see see the highlights uh, on the, on the telly and listen to it on the radio. So probably probably just taking him a little bit out of the Wolves spotlight um, to a, to a good club in Ander, in Anderlecht. And, and like you say, Wolves fans might look at it and say, "Well, he's, sco- he's scoring those kind of goals at that, that, that ratio so far." That shows that we shouldn't have let him go. He should have been playing for Wolves. Ultimately, he just, he just needed, he, I think he just, just needed a change of scene. He needed to go yes. and go somewhere where he was going to play regularly, where he, he got a chance of scoring goals regularly. And like you say, hopefully, you know, in a year's time, that that will be, that will be to, Wolves, to Wolves' benefit. He's, he's still a young lad, isn't he? He, um, he is. And thirty-five million at the time. Well, it still is a huge price tag. But then you look at some of the some of the fees that are floating about at the minute of Anthony Gordon's being linked with Chelsea for £60 million from Everton. You think, well, actually, £35 million will actually... <laughs> it's proved, going to prove to be a snip. Yeah, I think, I think ultimately, he needed to go and play games. Yeah. Another, another season of sitting on Wolves' bench, playing the odds, 10 minutes here, 15 minutes there, 20 minutes there, start, starting every, every once in a while wasn't going to do his development no. any good, was it? No. Um, so, for, for his long-term prospects, but also for long for Wolves' long-term prospects, they, they've invested a, a lot of money and time in, the, in, in this lad, so yes. they need him, they, they need it to work. So Wolves, I think, had to, had to just look at the bigger picture and say, what do we what do we need to do to give ourselves the best chance of, of getting a return oh. on, on this investment? And, and him getting out there and scoring goals is, is the way to do it. Now, obviously, the follow-on from from that is they've got they've got to replace him um, whether whether that's with a loan just just basically to, to, to tie them over until he come, comes back which was kind of initially what what I was told was the most likely but that yes. probably looks to be looks to be changing a, 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 a little bit now that that, that, that situation um, but Wolves have got to go and replace him you can't you can't let him go um, and not bring in it's so much So I think the first part of the equation, they've got spot on. Yep. They needed to load him out. He needed to go and play regular games, but they've got to make sure they get part two of, the, of that process right now. Oh, 100%. And if he goes, if he's at Anderlecht this season, scores 20 goals, which he's likely to do with the start he's had, and then if he comes back to the Wolves and it's the net 10 to 15 times last season, it, it clearly was then the right line move. And because he's, they've added a year onto his contract, we're not going to effectively lose a year's football for him and I think that will help him retain and then build his value now moving on to a player who has been fantastic for Wolves he's, he's gone on loan to Everton Connor Cody um, last season Bruno Large played obviously he started the first three games his way we lost the three games he then reverted back to the counter-attacking style of, of football that we used to Connor Cody now doesn't look part of the plans. That was evident at pre-season and evident the way we've started the season. 
it's a World Cup year for, for Connor. It's a perfect move for him back to the northwest at Everton. But it, it still was a bit of a surprise, wasn't it, Steve? It was a surprise. And I think, in a way, in a way, it's a real shame, isn't it, that it's potentially ended, ended like that. I mean, who knows? He might... I think it might change Everton, manager might change, squad might change, the yeah. technical director might change, and Conor Cody might be back at Wolves this, this, this time next year. But, but let, let's assume that he has gone perma- permanently. It's a shame that he didn't get a proper send-off it is. For, every, every, for everything that he's, do, that he's done for Wolves, which is obviously huge. He, he's, he's been the captain, let's be honest, in Wolves' most successful era for... For several gen- several generations, yes. he's been he, he's been the heart and soul of that, hasn't he? Both he on the has. pitch and off and off the pitch. But le- but let's be honest, how many footballers actually get that dream send off? It doesn't happen doesn't happen very often, does it? It's a br- it's a brutal business. I think things move on quickly, and pe- and people have to do what's r- what's right for them. And I think I think Wolves to an extent have have done what's right for them. And Conor Cody has certainly done what's right. What's right for him? He's like you say, he's, he's moved back closer to, closer to his family home. He's moved yep. to another big club. He's moved to a club where I think Frank Lampard is, is going to give him fairly regular chances to, to play in the centre of a back, centre of a back three, which is which is clearly his specialist position. Yes. And with that World Cup coming up, let's be honest again. This is probably Conor Cody's only chance ever of, of going to a World Cup. He's not, he's not going to want to miss out on that, is it? I think that's the big thing for me. And I think, you know, it's not even a case of trying to fight his way into the team. So if you are playing with a back four, it clearly, you know, clearly Bruno isn't going to fancy him in a back four. And that was pretty evident. That's not me saying this, you know, it's pretty evident. And listen, I think it's a, and it, but it, what it goes to show for me, Steve, is that Bruno and the club have got some balls. Listen, you know, they, they could have sugarcoated it, but they didn't, you know, they, they realised the player clearly wasn't prepared to stay and almost fight for a place they yes they had to take the sentiment out of the situation and and make a decision um it looks like he's going to join permanently in the summer so it could provide you know prove to be actually a, a decent deal all round i think what you have to say is it's a it's a bold move and it's a brave move and it's one that could at, le- at least be, at least the perception could be that it that it backfires because Let's hope this doesn't happen. But if if this losing run or, or sorry, I should say winless run yes. goes on for <laughs> goes on for Wolves for for a while, yeah, they're gonna need they're gonna need big characters, aren't they? To yes, keep, completely, keep completely. Everyone, keep, keep everyone pointing in the in the right direction, not let heads go down. And who do you, who do you want in that in that situation? You want Connor Cody, don't you? Yeah. He's, if you're gonna pick one one man for Wolves to lead them through a period of adversity then you probably want kind of coding yeah someone but who's I, I, but, but, but having said that as, as great a professional as Connor Cody is and and every, everyone I speak to tells me what a brilliant professional he is and, and that he would ne- he would never get narky and he would never kind of start whispering about the manager or about teammates or about anything else he would have been ultimately the ultimate professional if he's not playing if he's not playing every week he's not he's not just human nature is he's not going to be the same chipper, upbeat, bouncy character that he was that he would be when he was in, when he was in the team every, every every week. So people will look at it if it doesn't work out, and they will and they will say Wolves should have kept Connor Cody. And maybe with Connor Cody, it would have it would have been different. But ultimately, we'll ne- we'll never know how how the dynamic would have worked out with with Connor Cody as a non-playing captain. It it, 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 will, it will all it will always remain a complete unknown, won't it? Let's let's hope for everyone's sake that Wolves make the most of these these three fairly attractive games that are coming that are coming up. Get a decent hold of points. Get the season kick started, and yes. and it doesn't become an and it doesn't become an issue. Oh, listen, with Cody, brilliant to have around the dressing room. Clearly, you know, brilliant off the pitch, and as important off the pitch as he won on as he was on it, but. You know, it will be frustrating for him not playing. And is he going to be as upbeat? Of course he's not. Listen, every every footballer, they, they want to play games. And, you know, for as long as they can, as many games as they can, it's a very short career. And, and I get that. So, listen, it, it, the jury's still out if that was the, the, the right move. Um, the, I think a lot of people, the next player I'm going to say, his move, I think the, you know, I don't think we need a jury for this. Morgan Gibbs-White, initially 26.55 million rising um to to listen forty odd million pound, which which is absolutely mind blowing. Full credit to the player. Um, listen, Steve Cooper can clearly see a lot in him. 
I'd appreciate that there's a lot of the add-ons are probably unachievable. I think that there's possibly one saying they've got to win the European Cup, win the Premier League, you know, whatever. But yeah, realistically, twenty-six and a half million pounds uh, plus the add-ons, and there is some achievable add-ons, I believe. Clearly, missed avoiding relegation, etc. It's a huge gamble as such for Forest, but for Wolves, that's very good business. I think so, yeah, and I. I completely understand the emotional attachment that, that, that not just Wolves fans, but fans, fans of any club have got for the one of our own yeah. tra- tra- trademark Tottenham, Harry Kane, etc. Yes. Et um, and it, it would have been brilliant to see Morgan Gibbs-White st- establish himself in the in the Wolves starting lineup, be like that poster boy for the academy, to yes. give the, the rest of the academy boys a... Um, uh, something to aspire to, but, yes. but ultimately, ultimately, Wolves have to look at again, look at the, look at the bigger picture. Now, if you there was, there was no sign that, that Morgan Gibbs White was going was going to sign a new contract. Yes, uh, that's true. Maybe would have done, maybe would have done, but there was certainly no, no signs of it happening. Which meant that in two years' time, he would have been a free agent. Yeah. Um, and the knock-on effect from that is, in, in even in one year's time, he, he, he wouldn't have been worth any anywhere like what Wolves have. No, just got for him. So if Wolves were, if Wolves were going to sell Morgan Gibbs White, this was just, this this was just something to do it. Yeah, Forrest paid a hell of a lot of, mon- of, of, of money for him. Like you say, I think I believe it's twenty five million guaranteed, and then the foot it's potentially rising to forty two million. I believe. I mean, but, incredible. But but the first, but like you say, some of those some of those add-ons are very unrealistic. But but I'm told that, or we've been told, the Athletic that the, the first ten million of those add-ons, so taking it up to thirty up to thirty five million, are very achievable. Yeah. There's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a good prospect that, that, that those first ten million are, are going to get paid eventually. So so that's a lot of money for Wolves. If you look at if you look at what Wolves have paid for Gonzalo Guedes, that they paid less less for him. They're probably they're probably paying him more in weight more in wages. Yeah. So. Just, just for like rough, rough calculation, that they've probably swapped one, swapped one for the other financially. Yeah. Um, but, what, but what you've got in Guedes is a guy on a five-year contract. Yeah. So he's so he's going to retain his transfer value to Wolves. He's he's still going to be worth thirty odd million pounds to Wolves in two years' time. Yeah. Whereas Morgan Gibbs White would have been worth zero to Wolves in two years' time. So. Now, in pure business terms, it was it was just a no-brainer, wasn't it? They, they, had, they, had to, they had to do that. It wasn't a swap deal, but you know what I mean. Let one go, bring bring one in, and your squad is ultimately worth more as a result of it. Absolutely, and we've got Guedes, who is an experienced international player. Um, he's played in the, the the top flight of of now four separate European countries. He's got a lot more experience than Morgan Gibbs White. Morgan Gibbs White, the, the, you know, the jury was still out on his performances in the Premier League. So, listen, as you said, unbelievable business. And you could even put the comparable to, if they do get the, the, the 30-odd million quid, if he, if he probably plays 40 games and they, they, they don't get relegated. Um, we signed Nunes for 40.5 million quid. So, it, it equates yeah. to that deal as well. Um, and, listen, the speculation now also, Steve, surrounding uh, Adama Traore and Pedro Neto. Uh, Adama Traore for me... Once again, listen, he can be a world-beater on his day, but his day is probably one game in seven or eight, maybe, maybe even less than that. And that's a crying shame, really, because there is a player there, but he's, for me, he's not consistent enough. Um, the question is now, does he want to be at the club? It, there was a, a loan move to Barcelona, which didn't work out for him. So I think he's in a bit of limbo, but every manager that looks at Adama Traore will think they can get the, the world-beating player. But I think... If anyone was going to get it and see, it would have been Wolves by now. What's your take on the Troy situation, Steve? Well, I'll, I'll take them both if you, if, if you like. Um, sorry, around Neto, and this might well come back to bite me in the same in the same way that, that saying saying Wolves weren't, weren't going to sign Mateus Nunes. Yeah. But um, my hunch is that with a week left to go of the transfer window, or less than a week by the time this gets broadcast, I guess that neither of them will leave. For very different reasons, I think. I think Wolves ideally would, if they could, if they could move on Traore, they would do. Part, partly for footballing reasons, because he's clearly not the archetypal Bruno Large winger. I think Bruno Large likes his wing, likes wingers who can come inside, who can get involved in the build-up, who, yes. who are comfortable um, with the uh, with the ball at their feet and yep. link 
link up the play. That's, that's not a dormitory. A dormitory is essentially a, ca- a counter-attack winger, isn't it? And a, a, bloody, a bloody effective one. Oh, yes, very. But the other equation, obviously, is he's out of contract in, in a year's time. So I think if, if Wolves could potentially get 10, 12 million for him now, yeah. rather than, get, rather than get, get nothing for him in a year's time, and maybe just bringing bringing someone someone else on on loan to fill that spot i.e. backup winger on the bench then financially and football wise it would make sense to do it yeah. but i just don't i don't i just don't see a market for him at, at, at the moment and I, I i think the kind of wages that he would want which is entirely his prerogative he's allowed to, he's, he's allowed to value himself however highly he values himself i don't think clubs are going to do that and i think i think it's probably going to come to the point where everyone just accepts the, accepts the, the situation as it is. Wolves think, well, well we've, we've got this handy impact player um, who, who, yes, we'll lose for nothing next summer, but, but at least we'll get we'll get another year out of him. And he and he probably accepts, well, yeah, it's probably not ideally where, where I want to be anymore because I want to be starting every week. But I stay at Wolves for, for another year. I'm st- I'm still a young man. I play my share of games because there's five five substitutes in, in the Premier League this year and. Come next summer, he'll be a free agent, which inevitably means he'll have more options in front of him. Um, sorry, I'm rambling on a bit here. But, no, uh, no, no, Pedro, Steve. Um, Pedro, Go on, Pedro sorry. Neto, I think Pedro Neto, I think, will also stay for very, very different re- reasons. Quite simply, Wolves don't don't want to let him go. I think. We'll, yeah. I think I think Wolves see him as someone who they've they've signed for a relatively modest fee in in modern terms, as someone who will eventually. Um, if he realises his talent, will go will go on and play for a club in the cha- in the Champions League, and Wolves Wolves will pocket a, a sizable fee for him, which yeah. is kind of their, their their business model at the at the moment. But they just didn't. There was, there was never any intention on Wolves' part for, for that to happen this summer. And I think if it did if it did happen this summer, it would just complicate their business to a, to a level where they don't want it complicated. So you know. Never say never. Arsenal, Arsenal might suddenly find some money under, a bit behind the sofa and, and come in and, and offer offer Wolves 60, 70 million quid, at which point you've got to give it some serious thought. But everything we're told is that Arsenal really haven't got that kind of money. So like, I just don't see the two, the two parties being able to meet in the middle at the moment. Yeah, listen, with the Neto deal, I think he's got, obviously he's got a longer contract. Um, for me... You know, he's a brilliant player. His injury record hasn't been great, but there is a, a, a serious player in there. And I think with the runner games, I think with the runner games in the international setup, you know, he, he, the, the, the sky really is the limit for that player. You know, it really is. And I'm, I'm so excited about his future, and hopefully it's with Wolves. I don't think Arsenal have got the, the finances and the funds to stretch that far. Um, with Traore, I think the time to sell him was last year. Now he's listen. He he doesn't want to be known as an impact player. Which player does? Which player wants to be known as coming off the bench and changing a game? Uh, it's probably doing his career not much good because other clubs could look at him as an impact player. Um, therefore, it reduces his earning potential and his transfer potential. Um, but one, yeah, I think now we aren't going to get the money that he's worth. He clearly doesn't want to be at the club. And for me, the deal with Barcelona last season was almost criminal, that we've let a player go there. And clearly they had no intention of signing unless he'd have, you know, turned into that world beater, which I think we all knew it wasn't going to be the case. And now we've got a player who's had a taste of Barcelona. He's back in Wolverhampton. Don't think he wants to be here. I think as soon as a, an half-decent big comes in, he's on his travels. Uh, but at the minute, with numbers around the squad, I think he, he does need to be kept, which really brings me on to, to finally, on to, on to Bruno Large. Um, he does need some, as we've spoke about, he does need some results quickly. The next three games, Bournemouth, Southampton and Newcastle, you could look at it, I could look at it as a fan and go, potentially six points there, because then you've got Man City, Chelsea, West Ham coming up, um, you know, and Liverpool. It, it's... There's, there's some tough games coming up. There's no easy games in the Premier League, but he does need some points pretty quickly, doesn't he, Steve? He does, he does absolutely. That, that, that is, as, as nice a man as he is, and as, as laudable as his aims are for this yeah. Wolves team to make, it, to make him exciting and, and fun to watch, he does need some points because you, you just reeled off the, the games that come after, after these three. Now, I'm not suggesting that if these three go badly, 
he's going to be under under major pressure after these three games. I don't think he is, but but after the after the four games that follow, he could he could well be because you, you know you, you're suddenly looking at ten games into the season with that World Cup break looming yeah. looming large looming large. If Wolves don't get some decent points from these three games, they they could easily not get any decent points from from, from the first ten games of the, of the season, and, and then all of a sudden, like we discussed earlier, confidence confidence in the squad starts to wane. They find themselves the season. The season is almost shaped at that point, isn't it? That yeah. doesn't mean you're going to go. Da- doesn't mean you're going to go down by any means, but it does mean you're going to probably find yourself in the bottom half of the table for the for the whole for the whole season. And, and um, I think, but, sorry, Steve, sorry to interrupt. But I think that's being realistic as well. We're looking at we're not looking at this from a pessimistic point of view. We're looking at it from a realistic point of view that you know there are no easy games, and it's easy for me to say or oh, six points from the next three. Um, but we'd if we if we beat Newcastle and then I think it's Bournemouth the next game. All of a sudden, then we can go into the following four or five games um, with some real real confidence. Yeah, you, you can, and also it takes the pressure off. Doesn't it? If you if you, I mean, best, obviously best case scenario is is you win you win all three. But if you, but if you could win a couple couple of them, then it takes the pressure off those next four games, doesn't it? Because you've got some points on the board. You're not gonna be you're not gonna be in the bottom three after those. After those four games, you kind of you already know that. Yes. And it just means you can go, you can go into those games without without thinking: Is the manager under pressure? Are we going to be in the bottom three? God, this is going to be a long, this is going to be a long, a, a long hard season, etc., etc. So, yeah. you know, that's that's where we, we, we've, we've all watched, watched football for long enough to know kind of how it, how it works. And as I've said on Twitter and that, on the athletic Q and A's, these next three games aren't go, aren't going to kind of be the definitive out- outcome of Wolves' season, but they could well shape shape where Wolves' season is going to go. Yeah. In terms of in terms of are they are they pushing seriously for top eight? Looking at, kind of looking at Europe if if a couple of the big the big, big clubs falter, or or are they going to be kind of bottom eight, bottom bottom six, looking over their shoulders at relegation? And what happens in the, in these next three games and kind of consequently the next the next seven? Is going to have a big impact on, on that, um, whether we like it or not. And, uh, and what's your predictions for the for the season, Steve? I mean, I'll give mine for what it's worth. You know, I, I think we are going to get a run of points, and I think we are going to see the best out of um, Bruno's side, especially if we get a striker. Uh, and 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 then obviously, when, once we got goals, they massively obviously change games. So for me, I'm going to stick my neck out here, and I'm going to. I I think this season. We're going to have a decent cup run in the FA Cup. Not sure about the League Cup in, in the FA Cup. And I think we're going to finish eighth. Now, like, like I said, I'm sticking my neck out massively there. Um, what's your prediction, Steve? I would go 10th or 12th, if I'm, if, I, if I'm honest. Yeah. I think, but I don't think... I actually wrote in my season preview for the Athletic that... Obviously, league position is important, especially especially if you're down towards the bottom. Which um, let's, let's pray they're not. Yeah. But I don't think this season for Wolves is all about that league position. I think it's about Bruno Large implementing his his philosophy on, on the team, this yeah. new system, making making Wolves better to watch. I think if Wolves, I think if, I think if Wolves did finish twelfth this season, um, which which would obviously be lower lower than they have for a couple of years. Yeah. But but the fans could see. Some progression in the style of play, and they had a bit more fun watching the team, and the team scored a few, scored a few more goals. Then I think my, my, my fans might tweet, might tweet me and say that I'm talking nonsense, but my, my sense is that I think a lot of fans would would, ta- would take that uh-huh. after after a couple of years where they haven't scored a lot of goals, they've a- a- averaged less less than a point a game yeah. over over the other last two seasons. Now, like you've like you've hinted at, a lot of that is, is going to come down to. You've said getting a striker. I would broad, I would broaden it out to that, and I would say it, it comes down to Wolves scoring more goals. And I don't th- I, obviously a striker is important. Getting Raul Jimenez back back fit and firing is is as important for me. I think he's is you can't just rely on one striker. You, you have to have two. Yes. So and they're probably only going to sign one if, we, if we're realistic. So that so that means you've got to do two things. You've got to you've got to make a quality sign in, and you've got to get Raul Jimenez fit and firing because you need you need those two options. I don't think just getting a just getting a fully functioning number nine is the is the silver bullet that's going to solve all the, all the problems because I think it, if you look at the first three games, it's not like Wolves, Wolves have been creating a load of great chances and missing. Yeah, it's true. I, I, I think 
yes, I'm going to get a striker. I think, yes, a striker would make a lot of difference in terms of chance creation as well as chance conversion. Yeah, yeah. But, I, but I also think that people like Neto, who I think is a fantastic um, talent with great potential, um, Guedes, Podence, Traore when he plays, when he plays um, Nunes when he gets into forward areas, Quang when he's playing out wide. I think, I think these people have all got so much potential, but they've got to start making better decisions, I think, in the in the final third. Right. I just think in the first three games, it hasn't just been a, chance of, a case of missing chances because they haven't really created a, a yeah. huge amount. I think I think that final ball, the, the decision of when to, when to cross and when to, when to, when to, when to shoot, um, kind of, do you, do you take a pop from 25 yards or do you, just trying to take, take that lot one more pass. These are, these are fairly minor things that have fairly big impacts, aren't they? And yeah. I think I think Wolves need to need to a bring in a striker and get um, and get Raul fit and firing. But they also b need to need to get better at those things to to make sure that, that they're giving whichever strikes playing on any given day some quality quality chances rather yes. than them having to snatch at half chances. I mean, with the striker situation, we want what every club in the Premier League wants, and and you know going down championship everybody wants a, a proven striker at, at that level and to be fair Raul Jimenez is <laughs> listen last night I won't I won't bring you in onto this Steve but I mean you know he scored and he got the captain hook out whatever in the eye patch and listen I think you should do that so I mean I'm sticking my neck out yeah it was a bit of fun and I love stuff like that but it's bit us on the on the bum in the semi-final the FA Cup yes it was a, a bit of a bit of a damn squib yesterday the type of game Preston etc but you know, you, you do that when you're 4-5-0 up, for me. Like I said, I wouldn't ask you or expect you to comment on this, Steve. But for me, um, stuff like that, yes, it's great fun. But, you know, we lose 3-2 yesterday and pff, people are going to have a field day with that. But I did see the fantastic Express and Star um, headline, uh, which, which which got put out. Um, I saw that. Uh, yeah. What P- pirates of the Carabao? I mean, listen. Yeah, that, that was that was brilliant. My, yeah, I, 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 I'm let's let's believe that my that my old mate Nigel Well, who I who I worked with for many years at the Express and Star, had a, had a hand in, in that headline. So if he's oh. if he's listening, if he's listening, which he's probably not, um, <laughs> then yeah, cute cute kudos for that, mate. Although yeah, I, w- I wouldn't normally give you a lot of credit, but I'll I'll make an exception on, uh, on, this, on this occasion. It, it was genius. You can't teach that. And finally, um, Stephen, I'll, I'll let you go back to to you tweeting for your athletic and obviously your kids. Um, Ask Wolves, it was absolutely brilliant what they're, they're, they're put out. Yes, clearly heavily edited, but Johnny Phillips, a good mate of mine, um, it, it was very interesting to, to see the behind the scenes talking to all the different uh, management, the hierarchy, etc. From your point of view, um, I take it then you've got some strong relationships uh, at the clubs and a, 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 an excellent line of communication? Uh, yes, I mean, the, uh, I'm, I'm still very young into not, not, not young at all. I'm very, very fresh into, <laughs> yeah. into, the, into the job. So, um, yeah, I mean, the, in terms of the direct, direct line of, lines of communication, I'm still, I'm still working on that at the, at the moment. But the, the, Wolves, the Wolves media team are excellent. Yeah. Um, they provide a great, a great link between the media and the club. Um, so yeah, hats, hats off to them. They've been re- really welcoming to me. Um, I went out to Benny Dorm and they. Kind of not quite rolled out the red carpet, but as good as. Good as. Yeah, um, really looked after so yeah, you in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, they were great. So, and I think, like you say, with, with that, with Ask Wolves, I think you, you can criticise what what was said. Um, yeah. Yeah, you, you can all kind of take a, take a personal personal view on that in terms of the just how open they were in in, in terms of the the brand versus the team, if you, if you like. And I completely understand what. Why that would wind fans up? Because I think if I, I think if I was a, f- a match going fan from West Midlands, I think I think that would probably wind me up as as, as well. Could be next, Steve. Your, your team's sponsored by Poundland, but we won't go there. <laughs> well, yeah, but I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think you can really criticise Wolves, Wolves for the no. concept of doing of doing Ask Wolves. You know, not not many not many clubs are are, are being that open and they putting that, that putting that much. Um, Content out there from their senior management management team, yes. keeping fans informed. Now, clearly, we we would all we would all love as journalists for that to be happening on on the record with us. You know, I'd love to get a sit down interview with Jeff Shee every every six months and with Scott Scott Sellers every every six months. Um, yeah. 
and with and with everyone else who did ask, ask Wolves. But that's for, for better or worse. That, that's not how, that's not the way the game's gone. That doesn't happen. It's not just Wolves. That, that just doesn't happen. Yeah, of of course, any club re, re, really these these days. So you know, ask, ask Wolves in the modern in the modern football um, landscape. I think was a, was a really positive thing. Always a really positive thing. Oh, it was. It was, Steve. And you know what. Um, I do wish you, and genuinely mean this, the, the, the best of luck with the Athletic. And, and listen, I'm on Wolves Twitter. I've seen the best and worst of it. Um, listen, you're going to have broad shoulders. The, the vast majority of us Wolves supporters appreciate and respect what you're doing. Uh, and, you know, keep up the great work. And, Steve, finally, thank you for your time today. Um, thank you for answering the questions. Thank you for agreeing to come on. And you're welcome back on the Wolf Whistle anytime. It's my, it's my pleasure, and if, if I can just say, like you mentioned, Wolf Twitter, and yes, you know what you hinted at. I've, you know, I, I've had some pretty um, vile abuse, if I'm honest. If I'm honest, right. but over the first couple, the first couple of months of, of, of covering Wolves, it's kind of, it's kind of shocked me to an to an extent. But I am equally conscious that that vile abuse has come from a, a fairly small minority of, of Wolves yes. fans. Yes, and, it has. And, and, and I'm equally um, conscious that every club has got. That, that, that minority, so it wouldn't, it wouldn't matter what job I took. I took really that that, that, would, probably, that would probably have come. I kind of I kind of knew what I was getting into when I got when I got for this job because I'd covered West Brom for quite a few years. A lot of fans just can't really separate the the professional from the, from, the, from the person, and they just assume that you that, that you must be some kind of West Brom loyalist. You know, I, I, I had a great I had a great time covering West Brom. Yeah, professionally, and, you know, you know a part a, of your job, your career, of course. You know, and I'm, you know, you know, I made some friends at the club, and you do develop an affinity for the club. But, but that that chapter is gone, is gone now, and I'm putting all of my energies into into covering, into covering wolves. And I already find I'm developing that that affinity for for wolves. You know, you, you find yourself, you know, I'm never I'm never going to become a fan in the same way that that, that you are. But you find, but you find yourself watching games and willing, and willing to score because even in the short time, I've kind of got got to know people, got to like people, and. You know, it's my it's my it's my club now professionally, and I want yeah. and I want them to do well. So there you go. Thanks for having me on. Well, Steve, that that means a lot to us. It'll mean a lot to the listeners. Thank you for your time today, and uh, good luck for the rest of the season. It's a pleasure. Thanks, mate.